Hey there, this is Jessica Stewart, and you are listening to Finding Your Calm with Your Teenager, episode number two. All right, hands up if you have trouble staying calm when dealing with your teenager. For sure, that has been something that I have been dealing with for a long time. And I know when I was able to find a way to feel calm on the inside when dealing with what was going on with my teenager on the outside, it helped our relationship and my parenting so much. So I'm here to help you find your way to calm with your teenager. And stay tuned to hear all of my tips how to do this coming up. Okay, welcome to episode number two. And I'm talking today about connection. And I talked in the first episode about calm being an acronym, as well as finding our way to actually feeling calm when dealing with our teenagers or when connecting with our teenagers. But the C of calm stands for connection because that is so important. Uh, As parents, we always have a tendency to focus on behavior. And of course, that totally makes sense. It would just be so much easier if our children, our teenagers, anybody in our lives just behave the way we want them to. And that would just make it so much easier for us. I don't know about you, but I have not found the magic formula in order to make everybody in my life behave the way I want them to. Of course, that would be a beautiful thing. And I think a lot of people spend a lot of time and energy wishing that everybody in their lives would behave differently. What I do know is that um, we will have a more effective influence in our teenager's life and actually anybody we deal with if we establish connection with them first. So I'm going to just use a couple of different examples and analogies to illustrate this just because that really helps me to understand concepts and how I implement them in my life. So the first um, one I'll use is just thinking really about a telephone call. So you actually have to have the physical telephone connection before you can communicate any sort of message to anybody. You can talk all you want into the receiver of a telephone call, but if it isn't connected to anybody, they're not going to hear any message that you have to say. So I know that's super obvious, Um, And you might say to me, thanks for telling me that I already know. But if you really think about that, that is the importance of connection right there illustrated. No messages will be received if there isn't first a connection. The other example that I have comes from my own uh, job in healthcare and how I've developed over the years a way of connecting with my patients. I And I've seen this also when I'm training new respiratory therapists. That's what I do in my day job when they go in to see people because I do community health care. So I go and see people in their homes. And what I have noticed over the years is that you have to establish sort of a, it's called establishing rapport, but you have to establish a connection first to the person that you're speaking to. So this this is the difference between a physician maybe or a nurse practitioner, anybody in the healthcare field or really anybody in a helping profession. 
um, establishing like a trusting relationship with you is that you first have to kind of lay a groundwork for connection before somebody will trust you and open up to you. You can't just go into a room and meet somebody for the first time and kind of launch right into what you need to say with any effectiveness without actually trying to find out a little bit about the person first. And so we try to understand a little bit about their story. Like I know when I go in to talk to clients, I try to get to know them a little bit and their story um, and how they ended up needing to see me that day because most often they've have just come out of the hospital and they are uh, needing the services of a respiratory therapist because we would provide oxygen to them. So I want to know a little bit of a background about them and establishing rapport is just going in and getting to know a little bit about them and their story first before I launch into what I have to say. And I find if I take those few minutes to understand a, a little bit about them, then they are more open to receiving my message. And on the flip side, when I've watched students, just because nothing wrong with the students that I've seen uh, do this, but when they just go in and they start launching into their questions right away that are on their report that they need to fill out without sort of having a little bit of a of a chat and getting to know each other, then there's really, you can actually see that there's not really an openness or a trusting because the person doesn't, they're not really sure about um, what the, what's happening in the relationship. They're not really sh um, open to sort of opening up to the questions and open to receiving information from this person if they haven't had a little bit of establishing of trust. So that's where the connection is such an important piece. Now, the next thing I want to talk about is actually when we're trying to, like I said, influence behavior, then we can't do this if we haven't established the connection first. So again, it's like not having that call being connected before we try to ask somebody to do something for us. You have to first pick up the receiver, dial the phone, have the call connect, and then you can you know, ask for what you want to have done or introduce a concept or try to teach somebody something. So that is certainly the importance of, of connection and just can't be, un, uh, can't be stated enough. So what I'm going to talk about are a few things uh, called building connection or how to build connection. And it's also called building connection capital. Now this comes from Dr. Becky Kennedy. So she's written a book called Good Inside. And if you are a person who likes to read books, I highly recommend reading that book to help um, with any of your parenting. It's an awesome book on so many parenting concepts that are so helpful. But really building connection capital means that if you have established good connection with your teenager, especially, you will have way more influence on them and they will be way more willing to listen to what you have to say because they know that you are listening to them. They know that you actually are taking some time to understand where they're at with how they're thinking and feeling. And that will just kind of lay the groundwork for you to be able to um, have at least part of what you're saying <laughs> taken into consideration in their world. So really, the I'm gonna, going to offer you three 
things that you can do to build this connection capital with your teenagers. And you probably can come up with a ton of other ways that you could do this as well, but I will just offer you three for today. So one of the most important things that I've learned with teenagers is really working on your listening skills and talking and lecturing way less than you listen. And I know that sounds like also a very you know, obvious thing to say, but it can be so challenging to not lecture your kids. I get it. I have been challenged myself so many times not to launch into a lecture about what I know is best for them. And instead just listening to find out and listening to understand why they are doing the things they're doing or why they're thinking the way they're thinking. And um, it's so important to take the time to actually sit and listen and to find out the facts of what actually went on. You may have all sorts of assumptions that you've made about why something happened the way it did or what somebody's choices mean about the, what they're doing, but it's so important to, uh, to actually listen to what somebody's saying. Now, the other thing is, like I said in the example of establishing rapport, for example, with a patient, if you have just a very concrete example, say you got a call from the school about assignments not turned in to a teacher, I'm just using this because this is an example that I've had many, many times. I've had, especially during the pandemic, many phone calls from teachers about my son not handing in assignments. And I would just be really livid because I could never understand why somebody wouldn't hand an assignment in on time. Because for myself, I was always a decent student that, uh, well, we'll call myself a decent student. I was just, I really uh, always handed things in on time. So that would lead me to such anger and wanting to just launch into my son as soon as I got home. And I can tell you that if you walk in the door and you start lecturing and launching in on the person right away before checking in with yourself and getting yourself to a calm state and sort of before um, understanding what actually went on, it won't go well at all. That's a recipe for absolute disconnection and for somebody not to listen to you at all. So if you have something to bring up, if you have a specific thing that you are going to need to address with your teenager or with anybody, it's important to check in with yourself first to get yourself to a state of being calm yourself and not launch into it right away as soon as you walk in the door. Take a few breaths and kind of view whatever you're going to say also as a fact-finding mission to understand their side of the story, um, and that will help the situation immensely. Now, the other thing in building connection capital or building more in your connection bank is repairing of connection. This is so valuable. So... Say, in, as in the previous example, you did come home and you lit into somebody right away. You lit into one of your kids right away, started yelling at them, 
behaved in a way that you didn't want to behave and it ended up in this really huge fight and you kind of thought about it after and you thought to yourself, I really shouldn't have lit into them that way. I should have sort of calmed myself down first before approaching them and talking about them or talking to them about this. So first of all, this is the part where connection with yourself comes into play because you also want to remember that whatever you did, you want to be compassionate with yourself about that too. Like you yelled at your kid and who, I mean, I don't know which parent out there, please call me if you haven't yelled at your kid and then end up feeling bad about it. But if you yell at them and then you also beat yourself up after yelling at them uh, and that's all you see about it, then you're going to end up compounding the way you're feeling so much more. So this is where practicing uh, self-compassion even when you've done something or behaved in a way, especially when you've behaved in a way that you didn't want to behave, then practicing self-compassion is so valuable. And this is where the connection with yourself is so important because the reason that most often I find that we yell at our kids for these kinds of things is because we've already gone ahead in our brain to some future time where they are because they didn't hand in their assignment on time that they are going to end up you know unemployed not able to make money on their own living in your basement never able to succeed in life you've already gone there in your head and at least that's what I do so more often than not that is the reason why you've uh, you know, you've had this response or reaction and it's a fear reaction and your, your brain is telling you, if I don't do something about this right away and nip this in the bud, then this is going to end up being just absolute failure for my child. And that's usually the, what's behind it. That's usually the checking in with yourself that will, that you will understand why you reacted in the way you reacted. And if you take that time to sort of look back on your reaction and connect with yourself on that, it will be so valuable in uh, preventing future reactions like that. If you can look at it just sort of with an open mind and instead of berating yourself, really say, hey, what was going on for you then? Like you really were angry and, and, and why were you so angry? And in a curious way, not in a judgmental way. Like not in a way like, what the heck, you know, you're a horrible parent. Why did you yell at them like that? Um, this can, this is something that does definitely take practice. And the more often you can do it, the more you can catch yourself. And like, you may not be able to do that in the moment. Every time you may not be able to catch yourself before you react. So in the beginning of practicing this, the practicing of connecting with yourself, it may happen after the fact and that's okay. The beauty of it is that there is such a thing as repairing connection with anybody. And what repairing connection looks like is after you sort of have thought about why you reacted in the way you have, in the way you did is you can go back to your teenager and you can say, Hey, look, 
um, yesterday when I came in the door and I was just yelling at you right away about you not handing your assignments in on time, I really was kind of just scared that I needed to, um, you know, really get this point across to you because I really was, I'm, what I'm really fearing is that because you're not handing your assignments in on time, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to graduate. You're not going to end up with a job someday. Like I really went all to the other end of the spectrum in my head and I didn't really want to react that way. I really did want to have a conversation with you. And this, I've done this so many times. I've gone back and told my teenagers many, many times, um, look, I'm, I didn't mean to react that way. And this is not something, and I'm not, I'm not trying to say, oh, look what I've done. What I'm, what I'm saying is that often parents don't do this because they think that if they go back and apologize to their kids and say, look, I messed up, then there's something about that. That's like, um, like they won't respect me or they won't, um, like, they can't see me as ever making a mistake. And actually what happens when you do this, when you go back and you say, I screwed up there, I didn't react in the way I wanted to react. Actually what it does is it demonstrates to them how to go back and account and kind of be open to the way they were feeling and how they react and respond themselves. You're actually teaching them a way to manage their emotions. And that it is okay to go back and um, and r- repair and rebuild connection. And it actually does work. And it does not make your kids respect you less. It actually makes them respect you more. Because then they can actually see, oh my goodness, mom or dad or whoever is, whoever's taking care of me is actually a real life human being with real life emotions and they mess up. And when they mess up, they can actually come back and say they've messed up. So I think of the three things that I've suggested here, so I'm not going to say one is more important than the other, but I really want to highlight the repairing of connection and how uh, important that is for building connection capital, especially, uh, especially with your teenager. So I am going to end it there. I think we talked about um, connection with our teenager, but also entwined in this whole thing is connection with yourself and really paying attention to how you're feeling when you have these um, reactions and responses. And this will come into play as we talk about more and more managing our emotions. I'm going to weave this, you know, managing your emotions into all of these episodes because that is sort of the cornerstone for all of this work as well. So remember, listening more than you're lecturing, okay? Not launching in right away, establishing a bit of rapport first and actually finding out the finding out the facts of what happened as to what you're reacting about. And a little note I'm going to add in here is um, finding out the facts maybe in person and having your conversation in person rather than over text, because there's a lot of things that we can say behind a keyboard and that we don't want to say that are a lot easier to say when we type them out than we would actually really say in person. So, you know, not launching into somebody over text and actually taking some time to, you know, 
calm yourself down before you speak to somebody. And then also the importance of repairing connection. So I hope you found this useful and I look forward to you joining me in episode number three, where we look at the A of calm, which is acceptance and allowance. Thanks for listening.